Hello, and welcome to Jokestrap, the podcast with Wes Hoffman. Here, Wes will talk about various things, including life as a comedian and his love of sports. Hence the name, Jokestrap. There is no set schedule for this podcast, so if you end up liking an episode and want to hear more, just follow it on SoundCloud or subscribe on iTunes, and we'll see you there. For now, enjoy this episode of Jokestrap. Hey everyone, it is not just Wes, it is Wes Hoffman, this is Jokestrap, this is episode 57, this is the podcast that breaks Joe DiMaggio's record of podcasting, even though I don't think Joe DiMaggio ever did a podcast known, it's not on record, a 56 game hitting streak, yes, but podcasting, I don't think so, not sure that was a thing back then, anyway, glad to have you. Thank you for listening. Um, last episode, episode 56, for those of you that don't know how to count, um, I had mentioned how um, there was a show I was like trying to get uh, done at the Oakland Coliseum uh, during the off season, and I like messaged with the president, Dave Cavall, and uh, during the off season, he said, sounds like a good idea. Let's touch base uh, again at the start of the season. I emailed again at the beginning of the season never heard back so I figured okay not gonna happen um and then I noticed another comic on Facebook had actually talked to Dave Cavall in person had a video with him uh Carlos Rodriguez out of Sacramento had a video with Dave Cavall they said they were gonna do a comedy show I never met Carlos Rodriguez so I was like well guess I'm not gonna be doing a show in Oakland because uh I don't know Carlos and uh uh but I, I wasn't I wasn't like upset by it really or anything because i was just like well he got it done before me so props to him you know uh it's all about um i don't know right place right time with these things sometimes and uh he happened to run into dave cavall at a a town hall meeting in sacramento i guess and uh, talked to dave there then they talked again later and then they finally got the show put together and then um so like a day or two after I did that uh, episode, though, I get a message from Carlos on Facebook, uh, and he asked me if I wanted to do the show, and which was on uh, July 27th, and I was kind of surprised, seeing that you know he's never seen me perform, so I was like, someone must have uh, said something about me and uh, mentioned how I was an A's fan and a comedian to him. So anyway, I said, yeah, I'm totally down. And then uh, he tells tells me that uh, the comedians also get it are going to be in a suite as well. So I was like, "How can I say no to that?" So, um, so yeah. So I ended up being on this uh, uh, show at the Oakland Coliseum afterwards, um, or after all, uh, on the twenty seventh. And I found out um, which comedian it was that ended up uh, vouching for me. Uh, turns out it looks it was a uh, Chris Storen. I like questioned a couple of the comedians that I didn't know on the bill because um, I knew that he probably just didn't find out, you know, randomly that I was an A's fan and a comedian. So I figured someone must have told him. Uh, so I asked Pete Munoz first. I was like, well, did you vouch for me? And he's like, hell no, I don't vouch for no one. <laughs> and then uh, I asked Chris Storen and he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I did. And so um, thank you, Chris. Um if you're listening, appreciate that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, they did this show in the Treehouse. Um, if you're not familiar with the Oakland Coliseum, the Treehouse is in the upper left field uh, above the bleacher area. Um, 
It's like a bar area. They got a bunch of beers on tap. A bunch of they got a bunch of new beers now in a fridge. Um, craft beers only that you can buy, and they have a, a nacho helmet thing set up up there. They got ping pong table. They got a pool table. Um, and on this particular day, they had a comedy show. So uh, they set up a comedy show um, to run from about 4.30 to 5.30 before the game, which started at 6. Um, it was also fireworks night, so there was a good crowd on hand for the game. Um, and the, the for the first time, I think the comedy show went rather well. Um, uh, hopefully they get to do it again. Um, and take what the, uh, they've learned. Uh, Carlos can take what he's learned from this first go-around and uh, improve, hopefully. But uh, for the first show, I thought it went pretty well. Um, all the comedians did well. Um, <laughs> I guess the hardest part was uh, for some of the comedians was uh, staying clean throughout their set because it has to be family-friendly because, you know, it's a baseball game, so all ages are going to be coming through there. Um, and so... Uh, so yeah, that may have been the hardest part for uh, some of the comedians. Actually, the first comic that went on stage, he wasn't even originally booked, and then was told last minute if he wanted a set. Uh, Phil from Chico, that's what he goes by, and uh, he went up and he. That was like the first thing he said. He's all now. The hard part is I gotta do this without swearing at all. So I haven't had any chance to you know think about what I'm gonna say. So anyway, he still did a great job uh, on the spot there, and. Uh, had Pete Munoz there, Chris Storen was there, Brian Hicks was there, um, yeah, and uh, of course Carlos running the thing, and uh, Daniel Degara closed out the show, and uh, yeah, it, it was a fun experience, I had a lot of fun, um, I did not realize that Carlos wasn't giving anybody the light though, um, so I was, I kept going, and I was looking for a light, and then I saw a security guy, or not the security guy, or just some guy sitting by the stage that worked with the A's. And he kind of like waved at me, and I was like, oh, are you giving me the light? And he's like, no. And then I saw all the comedians in the back start laughing. And then Carlos shortly after gave me a light. So I guess all the other comedians were just timing themselves in their head, and I was just looking for a light the whole time. So I think I might have ended up doing a little bit more than everybody else. Um, most of the material I did for the show wasn't the n normal material I would do at a, a typical comedy show. I try to make all my material, um, relevant to baseball, um, and, uh, clean. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm usually clean with most of my stuff, but, um, I just wanted to be like squeaky clean, I guess, in a sense. I did a joke about, um... Here's a joke I probably won't use again unless I perform at another baseball game. And uh, I said, uh, you know, in baseball there's a lot of stats and uh, and uh, there's a lot of abbreviations you have to learn. I recently learned that a war, W-A-R, means wins against replacement. And I still don't understand what that means. But for the longest time I didn't know it meant wins against replacement. I just... Uh, I just assumed, oh, war, uh, that's how many kills they would get if they got drafted. And then uh, some people laughed at that. And then <laughs> I was like, I was like, and I was like looking at uh, Jerickson Profar's war, and it was like really low. And I was like, yeah, that seems right. He's a nice guy. <laughs> so uh, anyway, it's better to have a high war. So that was kind of a knock on Jerickson Profar. But uh, whatever. Um, so yeah. Uh, had a lot of fun doing that, and then of course watching the game afterwards with the other comics. Um, 
And uh, yeah, the A's won five to four. They made it a nail biter, of course, but they ended up pulling through with the victory. So that was good uh, that we were there to see that. Uh, they did have fireworks after the game. I left before the fireworks because I didn't want to deal with the parking lot mess uh, leaving the ballpark. So I took off. And uh, yeah, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, really happy I got to be on that show. Um, I was having like kind of some anxiety before I went there. <laughs> like I was like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Uh, I don't know. And plus I've been spending uh, the past three weeks or so since like July 7th. I've been trying to eat really healthy and drink healthy and or not drink at all, I should say, and or not drink alcohol, I should say. And uh, so I've been trying to lose weight this month. And uh, <laughs> so like when I go to a game, it's always like, okay, let's go to the, when you're in the treehouse, it's like, that means beer. So I was like in the treehouse and I was like, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. And luckily I was able to survive and I made it through without <laughs> going over to the bar area. So, um, so yeah, happy with myself for getting through that, I guess. Um, so yeah, so it was really, uh, exciting to do that. So that's done. Um, the A's have, uh, pulled off, uh, a trade, uh, since the last episode. I think last episode I mentioned they got Homer Bailey from the Kansas City Royals, who was a starting pitcher. Now they pulled off another trade and they got a relief pitcher, uh, from the Kansas City Royals, uh, Jake Diekman. Uh, Diekman's a lefty, um, so they'll have three left-handers in their bullpen now, which is a nice luxury to have. Diekman is a strikeout guy. He's got like 40-something innings pitched and 60-something strikeouts, I think, on the season. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers. I could look them up for you, but uh, do it yourself. Baseball-reference.com. Go there. Look it up. Do it yourself. Um, but yeah, so he's a good, good guy I, to have on the team. Um, so, and the A's definitely need the bullpen help. There's some talks that the A's might be in on Noah Syndergaard, uh, trading for him. Uh, I just am afraid what the A's might have to give up in order to acquire a Noah Syndergaard from the New York Mets. Um, he's a starter that's going to be under team control for I think through 2021, if they were to trade for him. So, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, I'm just going to double-check that real quick for you. Never mind. He'd just be a rental, so he's only signed through 2019. So, I don't... I hopefully, if they do trade for him, they don't give up a lot like they did when they traded for John Lester when John Lester was a rental back in 2014. Uh, they traded Jonas Cespedes to the Red Sox, and that was just the beginning of the downfall in 2014. So, yeah, hopefully they don't get rid of any of their top prospects like Sean Murphy, Jesus Lazardo, A.J. Puck. I uh, want to keep those three guys, um, even Jorge Mateo on uh, AAA. So I think I would prefer not to get Noah Syndergaard. Uh, maybe get somebody else. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, anyway, the trade deadline is coming up July 31st. Uh, there's been no major real deals yet. Uh, the biggest move right now has been Marcus Stroman going from the Toronto Blue Jays to the New York Mets, which is interesting if the Mets are looking to deal Syndergaard. Um, some people think Stroman might get flipped again before the deadline uh, to a different team uh, for more prospects. Uh, but be, Or maybe 
Some people think that the Mets might have a better chance to sign Stroman long-term than they wouldn't know as Syndergaard, so that's why they traded for Stroman. Some people think they're not going to trade anybody and they're just going to start preparing for next year, and they'd have Stroman, Syndergaard, DeGrom, and uh, what's-his-face? <laughs> uh, Zach Wheeler. Um, but, yeah, so that'd be a good rotation on paper. So maybe they're just setting up for next season. Uh, they did trade Jason Vargas today. The Mets did. Um, and, uh, but yeah, uh, that's about all the trade moves of note. I mean, there's been some other minor deals that have been made. But I think the big big trades are going to start tomorrow, uh, the 30th, because that will be the last full day for before the trade deadline on the 31st. So I think tomorrow a lot is going to happen. Um, so be interesting to see how teams try to improve themselves as uh, we move on here. And, uh, yeah, being that it's only, uh, you know, currently uh, baseball season right now, there isn't uh, much else to talk about besides baseball um, sports-wise. Uh, I mean, among the major sports, I mean, basketball in the off season, NBA were in the off season, and uh, – NFL, we're still in the offseason, although the preseason games are just around the corner here for NFL. Um, But yeah, Uh, so any other baseball topics? Let's see. Oh, um, I touched a little, I think, on uh, the the robotic ump, the umpiring that they're using. Um, I saw a clip the other day um, from the Atlantic League with the robotic ump getting a call like <laughs> incredibly wrong and there was a I think an injection uh that happened. It would be cool if the robot ejected the umpire, but that's not how it works. So what they do is they uh put a like a earpiece into the umpire the home plate umpire's ear and then uh like the pitch is thrown and then the robotic umpire whatever says what the call is into the 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 human's ear and then the human gives the call to the batter and in this case it was like a pretty high pitch like at the dude's neck and it called the strike um and the the batter was <laughs> pissed and uh you can find it on youtube just look i don't know probably look up atlanta league robotic ump or something like that a bad call or something you could probably find it it was pretty weird um, but yeah, so the umpire or the manager came out and argued, gave us two cents. The player came out and argued. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's it's just pretty strange. Uh, Wally Backman, who's a manager in the uh, Atlantic League, and also um, he's a former ball player himself. He thinks that the Roboticums are going to be uh, for sure coming in the major leagues within about five years. Um, he says that they're more consistent than the human umps. Um, he says, yes, there are still some bad calls, but not nearly as bad. So we'll see if it becomes a thing. I think, though, if you bring in the robotic umps, you got to bring something back that you took away previously. And in my case, I know I've said I I, I, I want these in the game anyway. Um, you got to bring, bring back breaking up double plays at second base and bring back the home plate collision things like you got it has to be something like so if there's going to be a robotic ump um 
in addition to the uh, replay system they already have right now, one of the most exciting aspects of a game is going to be like pretty much gone. And that's the, you know, managers getting ejected from a game. Those are some of the most exciting parts of the game. So there's not going to be much to get ejected for anymore. And it's it's going to be kind of sad to see. You won't be able to see some of these tirades from these from these guys. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess you could still argue the, the robot, but... And I guess the human can eject the, the, <laughs> the manager... Um, for the robot, I don't know, like, <laughs> that seems kind of weird, like, I'm sticking up for my robot, like, if I was a home plate umpire, and then I had to use a robo, robo wump to make the call, I'd be like, nah, screw the robot, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, seems kind of weird, like, is Angel Hernandez, like, are the current umpires right now still going to be the same umpires? Like, how many of them are going to stick around if a robo-ump comes in? Because it just takes away everything they've worked for, the ones that are currently there. Um, it takes away so much of their job. So, kind of tough um, in that aspect, in that regard, um, to be going so technology-wise. Um, the human element is nice, but yes, some calls are insanely missed, especially for Angel Hernandez. Um, I bet Angel Hernandez will still like mishear the robot and call it differently or something if he stick if he's still around when the robot um comes into effect. That's what I want to know. Like, is it a grandfathered in, or maybe it's just new umpires? New home plate umpires have to use robot um, umpires that have already been in the majors do not have to use the the robotic umps. That would be strange. That would be really strange because uh, then the players would be thrown off. Like they think they know the strike zone one day, and then the next day it's like uh, a robotic, a robotic, and then the next day it's not because you have an older umpire. Or maybe they'll set it up if they could do this. Um, set up a series where you have all umpires um, that are being are being grandfathered in or whatever that don't have the robo ump. So you do a series without the robo-ump, and then you do another series that has the newer umpires using the robo-ump. So then you have a series that's all with the robo-strikes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. There's different things that they could do. It's not in the majors yet, so we don't have to worry about it. But when it comes around, it'll be interesting to see how they implement it. And just because, like, like I'm, I'm guessing if you're going to umpire in school right now to become an umpire... Um, everyone's using this technology, I would suppose, if that's the way they're looking at uh, going. Because um, it seems kind of pointless to go through all the effort of, of making balls and strikes calls if someone's going to end up doing it for you down the road anyway, if that's your goal. Um, I don't know. <laughs> or what if the robot goes down um, mid-game? Uh has a malfunction, the robot's not working, do you pause the game? Do you wait like you would for, uh, I don't know, a replay review? Like, do you wait till you get the correct call? Or do you just have the human take over at that point? Oh, robot's down. I'm going to be calling the balls and strikes now. There's a lot of variables to this. It's going to be interesting. Uh, it might be kind of stupid. Um uh, I think more people are on the, at this point, are on the um, 
just wanting to get the call as accurate as possible. And it seems like based on player feedback, manager feedback, that the robo robots are more accurate. So we'll see. We'll see how that all plays out. And, uh, yeah, so um, I'm just going to try something new here. Let's see if this works. Okay, I can't figure it out. I'm trying to enter a sound file um, mid-podcast, but I can't figure it out, so I'm going to have to figure out how to do that later. I was trying to make this more, like, cool, but I can't. I can't figure it out. Anyway, upcoming shows. Let's talk about upcoming shows for me, Wes, Wes Hoffman. As always, you could go to weshoffman.com. Um, that's one F, two N's, uh, to find out my latest show update uh, next week. Um, I'm going to be at a place called, I think it's Husick's Taproom, Husick's Taproom. Uh, it's in Clarksburg, California. That's going to be on Wednesday. I'll be there. And then on Saturday, um, August 10th, I will be at Seven Sisters Brewing Company in San Luis Obispo. Uh, so you can catch me on that show. Uh, Phil Johnson uh, will also be there. Um, and some other funny comedians, so check out that show. If you live in the San Luis Obispo area, that's Seven Sisters Brewing Company. Um, I was hoping to get up at Laughs Unlimited next week, August 6th in Sacramento, uh, but they're closing for renovations in August, just my luck, so I won't be getting up there. So anyway, thank you all for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, a lot of talk about the RoboUmp, so if you got friends that are interested in that, have them give this a listen. And uh, I'll see you later. Thank you very much. Bye.